Hello everyone and welcome to Overexposed, a BWRM podcast where we delve into the ins and outs of running a real estate photography and videography business. My name's Dave Temple. And my name is Jackie Kirk. But today, you can call me Hacky. Any guesses why, Dave? Is it because today's podcast is about hacks and tips? It is. It's almost as if we're reading from a script. But anyway, yes, you're absolutely right. We recently chatted to some of our members about the little things that they do that make a big difference to their businesses. And today, we'll be sharing those little nuggets of wisdom with you, our lovely listeners. Some of these are quite BWRM specific, but many apply to anybody running a creative business. So if you're listening and you have any more that you'd like to add, please feel free to email them to us at hello at bwrm.com.au. Shall we take it away, Dave? Let's go. So our first one's from Liam Madden, who many of our dedicated listeners will remember from episode 15. Liam can do over 100 jobs a month, so he's a very busy man. Um, And if you add four small children into the mix, he's also a man with a strong coffee addiction. His tip is to use the app Hey You to pre-order his coffee so it's ready to pick up in between jobs. Oh my God, I need to get on that. That is precious time. Um, And it's also kind of a nice little customer service tip, I think, that I've done a few times where you can ring the agent and ask them for their coffee order and and bring a coffee for them as well if you've got a bit of spare time. It's, you know, an extra $4 or $10 if you live in Sydney and just goes a long way. Everyone appreciates a free coffee on site, don't they? How does it work? Sorry, you, you use the app, you order a coffee, and and you, oh, I suppose you just skip the queue, do you? So it's already ready, waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all paid for, and you don't have that awkward moment where you use your phone to tap it, and that account has no money in it, and <laughs> you have to transfer it. Yeah. So Good stuff. I think it's just efficiency. You just stop, grab your coffee, and go. Yeah, saves a lot of time. I initially thought the idea was you ordered it and a man turned up 10 minutes later carrying a cup of coffee for you. I was just, I was in straight away. Well, that would be nice. It would be good. Table that for later. Uber coffees. Love it. <laughs> so next one, Lucas. Dave, why don't you tell us about Lucas? So Lucas is another um, extremely busy member. He's been on the pod as well. And one of the issues he was having was obviously he spends all day shooting and his contractors spend all day shooting, and then he'd spend a lot of time um, uploading his jobs when he got home. So um, that's obviously not quite double handling, but um, you know he's a very he's he's very um, much a perfectionist, and was finding that he was spending a lot of time sitting in front of the computer choosing between what he'd done. So instead of doing that, he um, now uses his iPad to upload stuff on site. So once he's done with the job, sits down with the iPad and uploads, and then when he gets home, he can just relax. I actually think he even takes it as far as getting it going while he's in the car between jobs. Um, They must have better internet reception there than in the Northern Beaches. But yeah, I think he'll be between jobs and those jobs will just be loading. Yeah. And he said to me the other day that one of the things, another tip that he he, he does related to this is that um, he actually just removed, he goes through with the agent at the end of a job what they want and everything else gets removed. So all he's uploading is, is what they're after which, again, means there's no temptation later to sit down and, you know, decide again. Yeah, that's probably one of my biggest time wasters is not being able to choose uh, which shot I prefer. So, yeah, it's good. Good tip, that one. Thanks, Lucas. The next one is yours, Jackie. Now, you do a lot of video. What's your number one productivity tip related to video? Well, I've got a pretty big team of videographers working for me and something that's helped immensely when booking a job 
um, is that booking comes into Meg, who's my virtual assistant. She's a real person, but works virtually. And when a booking comes in, Meg takes notes of a lot of the job details, but the main one being actually which agents are supposed to be at the end of the job and in what order. It was a really weird thing where it was one of the biggest things we kept having to do minor changes and send back to the editors is you'd have two agents on site, but we wouldn't realize which one was the main listing agent and they get quite territorial about that stuff. So anyways, booking comes in, Meg takes notes of, who the listing agents are and what order and we put that into the notes. So then when the videographers are sending them off at the end of the day, they've got all that information right in front of them plus anything else, any other job notes. So it just kind of bridges the gap when you kind of grow to a bigger business where you've got virtual assistants and videographers, but you're still trying to maintain that personal customer service. This just stops things from falling through the the gap of communication. Yeah, we do a similar thing, particularly on drones where if you're using the drone to, to point out locations, and that can be in video as well, getting that detail from the agent first, if they're either not going to be at the job or if they're not likely to remember at the time, just means that you don't miss anything. So you're, you're always shooting the drone in the right direction, making sure you're capturing the locations that need to go in the video or, uh, or on the photos and yeah. um, really helps. And also um, things like you know the block size, because sometimes you turn up and it's not particularly with bigger blocks, it's not entirely obvious whether something's a, you know, a sort of thousand square meter block or much bigger. And if you know what you're looking for, it's, it's a lot easier to make sure you've captured it. Mm, I guess also if you're doing drone jobs in particular and floor plans, but on drone jobs, making sure you Google Maps the block as well because you might think that you're high enough and it might have some kind of crazy long driveway that you've chopped off. So just being prepared in, in that regard. And the other thing we do is we ask the agents if it's a job that the drone pilot can go to at any time or if it needs to be done at a specific time. So sometimes they really want to be there and be involved, but other times it can be done at any time, which really helps the drone pilots kind of plan their days and squeeze jobs in when it suits them rather than having to have big gaps between jobs. Yeah, and that's particularly important um, if you've ever worked in Victoria where the weather can be one thing one minute and something completely different the next. And uh, and obviously, you want to get your drone jobs done when you can do them rather than uh, you know assuming that the, the weather is going to be great all the time, as we do here in Queensland. Yeah, so in total, I think it's just when you're booking your jobs, really helpful as well as the obvious things like address and what they want is to get those details they're going to save you time in shooting them, but also reduce uh, errors or things that are going to have to go back to the editors and just kind of delay that job completion. And do you invite your agents onto um, bookings as well? Um, I don't. I've got some that like to do their own invites and that can create quite a busy calendar, but everyone's color-coded. No, I don't because it just gets a little bit too crazy, but we do put agent contact numbers or their assistant contact numbers into all the job booking notes as well so that if a contractor's running late, they can give them a quick call and say, hey, um, running late, whatever. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, that kind of takes us on to the next thing, which uh, you mentioned about the virtual assistants who, as you said, are real people, but um, virtually helping you. Total game changer for um, making bookings and and changes during the day? Yeah, I think I was quite hesitant and we've spoken about virtual assistants quite a lot in previous podcasts, but I don't think we could do a pod on productivity tips and tricks without including them. I was quite hesitant to sign on with the virtual assistants. Um, I just thought no one's going to 
understand it the way I am. I just, just relinquishing that control is very scary. And I know that a few other photographers have also felt that way, but those of us that have done it have just, I think we collectively call them the life changers. They are just amazing. Um, They build their own relationships with the admin staff at our agencies, which is really nice. And it just means that I think Guy spoke about getting into the car and his phone actually had maxed out the number of missed calls you can have. I think you can get to a hundred missed calls before it just stops taking them. And he gotten to that in the space of a shoot. So it just, in terms of like productivity, your changes are getting handled really quickly. They're getting sent back to the editors. So your clients aren't getting frustrated. Customer service, your bookings are coming in over here where we're quite particular about whether when we shoot, if I wake up and it's a pretty grim day and we've got 10 jobs booked, I can just text Meg, my virtual assistant and say, Hey, can you check? but everything's going ahead and she will contact all the agencies, maneuver, manage, talk to the contractors. It just takes such a huge weight off your shoulders and lets you concentrate on doing what you're good at. So, yeah, life-changing productivity hack. I think this is probably the number one thing when, when I speak to people and ask them about, you know, the things that they've done in their business. Whenever I ask them, you know, how's it going with the PA, they always respond, oh, my God, it's been a life changer every single time. Yeah. And, and I know from my experience when um, I actually have my wife, Nikki, um, helping me when I was down in Victoria, it, it puts you in a better mood because you're not constantly either on the phone or doing some things that give you that space, you know, 10 minutes in the car between jobs to, to just take a breath. It means that someone else is building a relationship with the agent as well, so you're obviously hopefully building a more secure relationship because now they, they like you and, you know, the, the virtual PA. So it's, it's all good stuff, really. Yeah. And I think just from a customer service perspective, you're present. You're not, even if you aren't answering the phone, if your phone's buzzing in your pocket and texts are pinging up on your iPad while you're doing a floor plan and that sort of thing, you're just going to have a little bit of tension about you because you're trying to manage so many things. It just means you can get to a job, you can focus, you can do what you need to do. The other thing was when I went on maternity leave, nothing changed. Like some of my clients barely even knew. If I hadn't told them, they wouldn't have known. Like the job still came in. They spoke to the same person, same contractors did the shoot. It was, yeah, it just makes everything run smoothly and you have that continuity, which is huge. Good stuff. Uh, so we got another one here from Liam, um, which we're suspicious that you may have got from Guy. We don't know where it came from, but um, it's the ability to access your desktop remotely uh, using, is that Jump Desktop? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Jump. Jump Desktop. It's uh, just an app that you can put onto your iPad or your phone, and it lets you connect to your desktop at home. You're a bit like a hacker, I think. <laughs> you can go in if you've saved an image on your desktop. You have to say I'm in um, with a knowing look when you when you connect. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a hacker joke? Any movie where they're, where they're a hacker, when they finally get in, they go, I'm in every single time. Do you not know these oh, things? Yes. You're just, you're just not part of the hacker community, Jackie. Yeah, well, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe just leave the jokes to hacking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, don't worry, guys. There's plenty more jokes coming. Um, Yes. So I think you can. So for example, if you've, I don't know, downloaded a photo and done something to it, which you don't normally do, but let's just say that's the example and sitting on your desktop and you're booked back to back all day, you can 
jump in on your phone using this app, access your desktop and drag it in and load it and do all the things you would. You're basically just controlling your desktop remotely, which is really, really handy and can get you out of a few sticky situations if you need to. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So another one just on the video production um, is keeping a stash of location footage available. So that's something that's been really good for us and just huge value add really is as we shoot location footage, we add it to a hard drive um, that is our location footage. Other people use Google Drive, use whatever you like. Um, I copy it onto hard drives for my videographers just because of slow internet, but um, you could have it set up on Google Drive. I know Lucas and Nick have a big library like that and it just means you keep having updated location footage that you could just drag into your videos and reuse um we've managed to then on sell reels and suburb profiles from that sort of thing so just a handy thing to have on file to up your video game yeah and i think we've mentioned this before but when you're first starting it's a really good way of um upping your video skill and giving you something to produce without having to present it to a customer. You can just go out and film your suburb. A, you get to learn about your suburb and all the good things and pretty things that are around. But B, it gets you a way of um, you know, producing something without the pressure of expectation of, of someone waiting. And, and you can reuse the, um, the clips again and again. So it's all good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So why don't we go on to talk about some of the little things that you can do on site to improve your efficiency. So to start off, we've got a few to do with floor plans. Dave, since I've met you, you've been self-proclaimed floor plan king. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, Not just self-proclaimed. I mean, you know, who's going to argue? Well, who would dare to? (laughs) So I always uh, Google the address and have a look at um, where I'm going before I get there. It's particularly important if you've got busy days, if you're doing seven or eight jobs a day, you don't want to get somewhere and um, and find that it's a you know three-story, 16-bedroom house when you've only allowed an hour um, because you're going to spend a lot of time doing the floor plan. You may well find the previous floor plan online as well, which will give you a good starting point. Obviously, you can't rely on it, but, but it can give you a good starting mm-hmm. point and a good reference. Another thing is that I've recently switched from paper to iPad, which was a very, it's a very hot topic on the BWM forums is what's better um, with floor plans. Is it paper or is it an iPad? And I've got to say, and this is on record, obviously, Dave, you were right. iPad is better. It's just more fun. It's, it's really fun doing them. You're just kind of fiddling around. It's, it's, it's good fun, but also from a productivity level, I can, do what you just said, Google the address, come up with a pre-existing floor plan that might have had some changes to it or be, be done by another business that's made heaps of mistakes, never by us. You can just make a few minor adjustments, which means your floor plan's taking you like 10 minutes instead of 40 minutes. Then I screen grab it off the iPad. I send it to Meg. She uploads it. Often my floor plans are back from the editors before I get home. It's just so efficient, um, and yep. I'm not killing trees, so that's also good. Well, you know, and you don't have to go and at the last minute find some more um, drawing paper because, you know, you didn't realize you'd run out. The big thing for me is particularly when you get really difficult properties where there are angles or strange shapes, the, the iPad will help you with that. I remember doing one that was a, um, a two-story um, hexagon house, and if I'd have been doing it on paper, I mean, I could have been there, you know, over an hour, even as the self-proclaimed king of floor plans. But with the um, 
But with the iPad, I literally picked up the uh, tool to draw hexagons, drew a hexagon of the right shape, and then just filled in the gaps, and it was done in you know half an hour. So it's it's a huge leap, really. Yeah, massive. And also because we have, uh, for those of you who of our listeners who aren't BWR members, we can do our pre-draws as well. So when you book a floor plan, our floor plan editors will actually send you a Google Earth image with the outline of the house. So if you've got it straight on your iPad, you're just filling in the details for those site plans, which is so quick and easy. I was finding that, yeah, I was printing that in the morning. You can still do it on paper and pen. All of this is doable on paper and pen. But, you know, having to print them out and then you make a mistake and then you've scribbled all over it. It's just, yeah, iPads all the way. Yeah, and that other thing of, I'm sure we've all been there, you know, you, you start drawing a floor plan, you get three quarters of the way through and then you realise the house is slightly bigger than you thought and you've run out of paper and you have to stick two bits together. Mm. It just never happens. <laughs> so, and, and I think, I know you mentioned it already, but that point of the ability that we've got with our portal and the um, drawing a floor plan on the iPad you know, you can literally upload on site in two seconds and the job's done mm. and you don't have to worry about it. So something else not to have to do when you get home. Yeah. There are a few more floor plan ones. So, for example, when you're walking out to a property, you can kind of start to look around, really helpful as you arrive, start looking around the property for any weird sticky outputs, funny angles, the things that are going to catch you out on your floor plan. Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose it's one of those things where don't don't get um, don't get lost inside panicking that you can't work out what's going on. If you're not sure, just go outside and have a look because it will become obvious when you get outside. I would say maybe not a hack, but something to keep an eye out for. I think don't with floor plans, just don't make any assumptions. Um, you could think a cupboard is you know 600 mils deep and it ends up being a whole weird hidden room or something like that. So. Yeah, just keeping your wits about you and not making any assumptions. I opened a cupboard door once and found a whole bedroom in it. So yeah. definitely worth opening and having a look. We often get those en suites that are kind of hidden behind sliding door cupboards as well. Yeah, that seems to be a New South Wales thing, actually. I've seen a couple of those. So weird. Very weird. Yeah, I don't know why, but anyway. I opened a cupboard once and found a shower in it. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Yeah. All right, so that probably takes us then on from floor plans to shooting. What are some of the things you do on site, Dave, when shooting that you would say are little hacks and tips to, to help your productivity? So I think one of the main things is um, when you arrive at the house, the first thing I do is ask if I can have a look around, ask the owner if I can have a look around if they're there. And that, that essentially means once I've had a look around, it's now my my work site. And that doesn't mean I'm going to take my shoes de- shoes off and sit on the sofa. But what it means is I know that I can walk into any room. I know what to expect. I know how big the place is. I've got an idea of where I'm going to shoot, of what I need moved. You know, I know how much work is involved in, in getting the shots I need. I can also speak to the agent at that point. You know, if I turn up and it's a five-bedroom, two-story mansion and they've booked six photos, we can have the discussion before I've started about whether that's, you know, whether they've ordered the right thing or we're doing the right thing. I always shoot bedrooms and bathrooms first because they're easy rooms to shoot and it gets them out of the way. And it also means that while I'm doing that, everyone else in the house, the owner and the um, agent, can be tidying or preparing the rest of the house for you. The more difficult rooms like kitchens and, uh, and family rooms where, where things are lying around. If it's really messy, you can even start with the floor plan so that you you give yourself time to get that out of the way while everyone's doing all the things 
to, to prepare. Mm. Yeah, I think it falls part of the bigger conversation of just really thinking about where you're going to start, whether it's the easy rooms or perhaps there's some storm clouds rolling in and you need to get outside um, pretty quickly or there's a dog that needs to be let out or, or whatever reason, just um, planning your shoot that you don't get caught off guard, making sure you get the important shots and, yeah, just being efficient with people and don't be scared. You can, in a nice way, you can instruct people to help you. So as I go around, I'll say, okay, I'll start in here. Do you mind clearing the bathroom while I do that? It will just keep things running a little bit smoothly. The other thing I do is I start styling rooms as I go. So um, often, a bit like you said, Dave, you're having this walk around. Often it's with the agent. It's usually with the agent. For me, I'll say, all right, are we shooting this room? Are we not shooting this room? Finding a room that is not going to be shot that can be the room that we put things in because often people say oh just move things out the way as you go it means that you're moving a table from the living room into the dining room and then you shoot the dining room you've got to move the table again if you just find one room where everything can go you're just moving it once and you're not faffing about but yeah as I go I'm doing minor things I'm switching on the light of every room as I look in it I'm fixing the blinds it's just kind of a mental checklist that's going to save me from having to do it later that doesn't make the walk through the house feel like a total waste of time. Yeah, basically. And I think also there's probably a, a temptation if if you've agreed what you're doing with the agent. You know, once you've arrived, you've discussed which rooms you're going to shoot and what you're going to do. Then, from the agent's point of view, they know you're in control. The owner knows what you're doing, and from the agent's point of view, they can, if they want to, they can, you know, move on to wherever they've got to go next. They don't have to hang around to make sure you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I, one of the things we do as well, which is another little pro tip, I guess, is if we're shooting a video, right? If you're doing a photo shoot, you can Photoshop the pool cleaner out the pool. But if we're doing a video and they haven't removed the pool cleaner from the pool, we do that straight away and then shoot that area as late as possible given the sun because you want to let all those puddles that they're going to create have time to dry because that's pretty annoying photoshopping and again in the video you're not really going to be able to photoshop that out so things like that just thinking about things um in that regard so if you're walking around this is something we do quite often is keep an eye out for nice styling objects like nice plants nice vases of flowers that you can repurpose and reuse somewhere else just to zhuzh up a shot that always works well and it impresses the agents when you then go into the kitchen and you go oh do you know what? It's a really nice plant in the laundry that we can put in that corner. And I think they go, oh, wow, they really care and are paying attention to that. I often wonder if people viewing the images notice that, you know, a plant has been used three or four times in three or four different images, <laughs> but it works. You know? Yeah, we try really hard not to overuse them, not to have the same bowl of apples in every shot. Um, I actually had a vendor recently that was so anti that, that they went and bought a whole lot of different plants, put them in the garage and then put post-it notes on which pot they were allowed to be used wow. in. It was probably, and there's a very high bar for this, but probably the most perfectionist anal retentive owners I've ever worked for in all my years doing this. But in some respects, that's that's great, right? Because you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. It's written down, so yeah. you just do that, right? Yeah. But yeah, it really does. If you can keep an eye out for those little styling details, little cushions that can be moved and put on outside chairs, just those little things, those are the little things that will really set you apart from your competition, I think. So. 
Dave, you're also quite good at keeping notes on additional retouching. That was one of the tips that you sent in. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, so you find if you're doing multiple jobs in a day while you're at a property, maybe there's something that you can't move from a room, something heavy or something expensive that, that you want photoshopped out, you'll remember at the time and say to the agent, you know, don't worry, we'll photoshop it out. But by the time you get home after you've done four or five jobs, that's completely gone out of your mind. So I, I just use um, the Google Calendar, use tasks on there. And uh, and then you've got, when you got home or when you're uploading, you can just, you've got little reminders of exactly what you've got to do at each property. And you also get that lovely moment when you can click mark as done and it goes away. It's very um, satisfying. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also something you can do, and this is more for um, our members, is within our portal, which is quite useful. I use this as I pre-populate my agent's um, notes with with specific things they, they like or don't like. So I've got one agency that insists that there's an image of a forest on every TV screen. It's just their thing. So in their notes, it's automatically written to the editors to please add an image of a forest onto every TV screen. That means I don't have to remember to do it. Contractors don't need to do it. It automatically goes on to the brief for every single photography job. Using that system is also pretty handy. We've tried to um, create the portal around saving people time, making it efficient and um, doing things like that. So it's, it's good to hear. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Things you've done right. Good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. <laughs> um, so then I think that takes us to a few invoicing hacks. Um, so... The really obvious one, or it seems obvious, but it actually took me a while to do this, was to invoice as I delivered a job instead of waiting to the end of the month and you have to invoice a whole lot of jobs and you can't remember what you did or if there was a special price agreed or anything like that. You just invoice the job as you deliver it. It also means the agents will get the invoice immediately. It's going to make your cash flow a lot better because you're not adding, you know, two to three weeks onto the time it's going to take between job versus invoice terms ending so yeah that was a big one that's made a huge difference to me just cash flow and time saving and all of that stuff yeah i think one of the things that puts people off invoicing straight away is that you feel like you know here's your stuff give us the money and that can feel a little bit grabby you know what i mean Mm. at the end of the day you have done the job and if you've ever used a a plumber or a builder or whatever that's kind of how life works right you've done the job so is the invoice and uh, and so people expect that but we've, we've also going back to the system we've built into the system the way it works that you can create the invoice but it won't necessarily go straight to the client until you're ready so you can still yeah. have that mental tick in, in your brain to say i've done that and it not land mm. you know straight on your agent's um, email list straight away yeah well i've actually had agents i thought it might be a bit grabby but i've actually had agents say how much they like that, that they don't have to chase it because most of them are using vendor paid advertising. So it means they can manage their cash flow as well. They can get that invoice straight to the vendor. Here are your photos. Here's the invoice. That thing's just another job ticked off for them. I've won clients off agencies purely because previous photographers have taken too long to get their invoice and get that admin. And it's just added this kind of headache that they've had to then chase up. I've never had anyone complain about getting an invoice too quickly. They just get it done then. For me, it just seems, uh, I remember when I started, it, it kind of seemed like they, you know, they were sitting there, sitting back in their chair, looking at my lovely photos and, you know, for hours on end, in my head this is. And um, yeah. and then, you know, suddenly you're presented with a bill while you're still enjoying the um, the experience. But, I mean, it just is. <laughs> 
So um, get those yeah. invoices out there. And the sooner you get them out there, the sooner you get the money. Yeah. The other thing that's been really helpful to me, and I don't know if this was you that taught me it or Nick, Dave. So Let's wait and see what it is. If it's good, it was me. It's, yeah. You can find it out later, but it's basically within zero. So listeners, we're all um, at BWM, we're all running our businesses through zero accounting software, which links through to our portal. But within zero, you ordinarily can have um, just sales set up and that's your only accounting code. But what you can go in is in what you can do is you can go in and create different accounting codes. So you can create a code for photography, one for video, one for floor plans which you can then link into our system. And then what that means is when you're analyzing your business at the end of the month, you can really clearly see where the bulk of your margins are coming from, what you're doing the most, where you could be doing more cross-sell. It just gives you a much clearer idea instead of saying, oh, well, I've invoiced overall this amount. You can see really clearly what your biggest products are and, and where you can actually add more products. Was that you, Dave, or was that Nick? I don't want to claim any credit from Nick, but I have been doing that for a very long time. So there's a good chance it was me. Maybe Nick's doing it as well. But it is a great tip because you're right. If you don't know where the money's coming from, you don't know where you don't know where the problem is if the money stops coming in. You know, um, mm. and you you obviously want to retain a balance in your business as well. So you want to make sure you're making money from all of the products if you possibly can. Mm. And I'm not sure if you do the same, but I also separate the costs at the end of the month by production. So you can measure your income by product and your cost by product as well. So again, make mm. sure you're still making money and, and where it's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think that's that's really really valuable. It's been a a big thing for you. And it's fun. You get to see your stats. And, and I think we talk a lot about cross-sell. I think I can't remember what podcast we talk about it in. But if you look at your jobs, right, and you say, okay, well, I've invoiced $5,000 worth of photography, but I've invoiced, you know, $100 worth of floor plans or whatever, there's a real opportunity for you to build up your floor plan invoice if you could upsell every photography job. Um, and it just gives you that little motivation when you think of on-site, oh, well, if I a floor plan's not really going to add that much money to my year. But when you then look at it in relation to percentage of photography jobs you're doing, all of a sudden it becomes really valuable to you. And it's also about reducing risk. You know, if you're only doing ph photography, if someone finds a new photographer, then all of your work's potentially gone. If you're doing photography and floor plans and video, they've got to find someone who can do all of those things. Or if they find someone who can do one of those things, you're still in there with two. So yeah, the more you know about your business, the better, really. Yeah, definitely. Another hack that's made a huge difference to me, um, which again seems like a really obvious one, so I don't know if I'm just slow to the party, but I've <laughs> set up a folder on my Gmail for remittances from agencies. Often they'll pay a whole lot of invoices in bulk and they'll send you a remit and you'll read it and then like you know, three weeks later you'll go back and you'll be reconciling your zero and you can't remember what's been paid for what i just set up a folder with the remits in them leave them on unread until i'm there ready to reconcile my invoices and it makes the reconciling go so much faster because i can just i'll have you know maybe 10 payments to match there'll be 10 emails 10 pdfs and it just goes done instead of having to search them make sure it's the right one all of that stuff that's been really really useful and a huge time saver for me. 
I, I like that, but all I could think about while you're talking about Gmail was my favorite thing in Gmail ever, which is the snooze button. Do you use a snooze button? No. Oh my God, it is literally the best thing ever. So let's say you get a bill and you get your phone bill on the first of um, you know the month mm. and it's not due for another two weeks, right? So what happens is you go, oh, look, the phone bill's due, not paying it until it's due, and then it goes down your um, email list and disappears off the bottom and you never see it again. When you receive it, you see that your bill is due on the 15th and you click snooze and you'd say, send this email back to me on the 14th. And it goes away, mm. the list, and on the 14th it pops back up and you go, oh, yeah, I've got to pay, done. It's the best thing ever. Oh, that's cool. So good. I sort of manually do that, but it gives me time to do it when there's enough money for cash flow and that sort of thing where I have a – so I've got my remits folder. Mm. where unread remits are ones that haven't been reconciled. And then I've got my invoices folder, so my contractor invoice or just any bill that comes in basically goes into that folder, stays on unread. So I can just look next and say, right, I've got nine unpaid bills. I've just had a big chunk of money come in. Let me go and clear all of those or that sort of thing. And then once it's read, it is that means it's paid. So I just say click and view only unread bills pay those and it's done you could also potentially do that um straight in zero as soon as you get the bill put it in zero as a bill and um and it will do mm. the same without the need for a folder but yeah i don't bother doing that i just because i just like to have it all in my gmail but yeah lots of different ways to be efficient but i think the main thing is stay organized don't just leave your bills floating around in your email of 500 emails or something because you'll you'll miss them and you won't know what you paid and what you haven't and yeah it just gets a bit crazy so yeah, good tips there. Um, what is next? This is actually another Liam one. Liam's got a few really handy um, tips um, about marketing. Why don't you take us through this one, Dave? So Liam says, in addition to bringing impromptu coffees to shoots, there are a few customer service tips too, such as if you have a spare 30 minutes and they're in the area, just drop into a local office and say hello. Liam can I just say, is so good at doing this. Like if I've got a spare 30 minutes, I'm having a coffee in my car quietly. But <laughs> he does such a good job at this. If he's just got spare 30 minutes, he pops in, says hello, says, oh, it's just in the area doing a shoot. So they see that he's busy. They see that he's working locally, he's in demand, and he's just being friendly and showing his face. Um, he does that with existing clients to build on rapport and relationships, but he also does that with agencies he doesn't work with. So he's just constantly making those points of contact. And I think that's something we talk to our new members a lot where you kind of, it's rare that it's going to be the first time that you walk into an office that you're going to win all their work. But if you keep popping in and you just build that relationship and that rapport with them, eventually they're going to use you. Yeah. And also, I think um, the number of times certainly I've walked into an agency with, with nothing to tell them, but just because I'm in the area and, you know, just passing so alone. The number of times that you get, oh, I was just going to call you or I've, I was going to call you next week because we've got one. Like it does, it does happen very often that they just happen to have uh, mm -hmm. got a job they were going to call you for. So always good to uh, touch base with people. Yeah. It also makes it easier psychologically if you're sitting at home psyching yourself up, I'm going to go out, I'm going to visit 10 agencies. It's a lot easier if you're right there. You go, you know what, I'm just going to pop in and say hello. Yeah. It's just easy. It takes kind of the threat out of it, I suppose. You should be doing both. But, yeah, very handy tip that and hugely valuable. And I think every time you talk to an agent, it's an opportunity that they might have a job for you. So you kind of can 
liken it to buying lotto tickets, I suppose. I'm not very good at analogies, but you could buy one or you could buy 10 or you could buy 100. The more that you buy, the better your chances. Pretty bad analogy, but hopefully you guys get the point of <laughs> At least it wasn't a fishing analogy. Yeah, we've moved on from the fishing, so that's good. So up. I've made a few of those and they never go well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think another thing that I do, and again, this is just about finding incidental excuses to boost your customer service. So on one hand, yes, absolutely, you should be booking in days to go marketing. You should be booking in meetings regularly with your existing clients to make sure everything's going smoothly and to see where you could be improving or talk to them about new products. But I think incidental contact is as important. You should be doing both. And one of the things that I do quite regularly, not all the time because it would get very annoying, but if I'm doing a twilight and the agent and I are just kind of standing around waiting for it to get to perfect light, I will say, hey, you had a photo shoot with one of my contractors. How did you find them? Are you happy with them? Is there anything they need to be working on? How are you finding the service? What do you think of the virtual assistants? Is there anything that you'd like us to be doing differently? Just using that, again, relaxed social sort of environment to check in on them, let them chat, really listen to them and and find out where they're at. It just it shows them that you care, that you're not just there about the shoot, you're there looking after them personally. And just, again, same with sales. I think you approach sales the same way you approach maintaining existing customer relationships. You just keep working at it and nurturing it and taking any opportunity to do so. Yeah, and Guy, actually, um, when I spoke to him earlier today, was saying that it's one of the benefits of running a local business, really. If you live in the area and you work in the area, you will bump into people at the coffee shop or, you know, the supermarket or whatever. Just them seeing you in the area, around and about, and passing that, you know, even if it's just, hello, how are you going? Mm. It's just another top of mind thing, isn't it? They're reminded who you are and that you live local and that you're working and um, another point of contact. Yeah, totally. Finally, I think we go into just some little things that people keep on hand. We had a few people send these in. Dave, do you want to explain this one to our listeners? <laughs> I'm not sure I do. Um, so <laughs> a few people sent in some extra things um, that they like to keep on hand in the car. So protein bars for a bit of uh, a boost in between jobs, fisherman friends, and extra toilet paper. Um, I'm not going to explain either of those two things. Over to you, Jackie. Well, Fisherman's Friends, that's just a mint. So that's just, do you know what? It doesn't have to be Fisherman's Friends. We're not sponsored by Fisherman's Friends. <laughs> just not keeping yet. some mints in the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeping some mints in the car. You just show up and have fresh breath, guys. It's not that complicated. I don't know why Dave's so scared of that one. It's a combination of Fisherman Friends and toilet paper that worried me more than anything. I don't think he's supposed to use them together. But uh, toilet paper, that one came from one of our more rural photographers. And I won't say who it is, but this person says, very important to keep a stash of toilet paper in the car. Um, this mystery photographer, look, we won't name them, um, but their name does rhyme with Schmeimlischmage. Um, so we'll just, that can be their alias and we'll all wonder who keeps extra toilet paper in their car. But you know what? You're never going to regret it, are you? So if you do need it just that once, it's going to be worthwhile. Um, <laughs> also, on the same topic, this was actually really useful. When I first moved to the Northern Beaches, um, a photographer told me 
she actually sent me a list. She was leaving the area and she sent me a list of all the best public toilets, the cleanest public toilets in the area. And the majority of them were the surf clubs. Actually, if you're coastal, that's a pretty good place to go for the loo or Maccas, that sort of thing. But do get an idea of where your good public toilets are locally um, because you don't want to be that photographer that's always going to the loo on site, um, particularly if you're using Liam's coffee ordering app because you might need to go a bit more. True. I think alongside that, uh, another tip would be, um, you know, when you're booking your jobs, make sure every now and again, you just give yourself an extra 15 minutes between jobs. Mm. There's nothing worse than running around all day and just, you know, it's the number one thing on your mind. Yeah. Well, that's the protein bar. That was mine. Like that is, I've recently started doing that and that's been huge. And for some of my particularly big jobs, I've had a couple of really big like jobs that take most of the afternoon. I'll bring a protein bar for the agent too, and they bloody love that because um, they get hungry too, guys. Your agents get hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I guess on that note, Dave, do you want you you can finish this if you want. Okay, um, that's it. So as we said, these are just a selection of the many that we were sent. If you have more that you think will be valuable to share, please send them through to the podcast at hello at bwrn.com.au. Yeah, we'd love to share them. And thank you for listening. We will chat to you next time. Bye. See ya.